Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Lavina Good, sports broadcaster, extraordinaire, rugby league lover, Parramatta Eel fan. She bleeds blue and yellow of Yukata. She joins us uh, to talk that and more. G'day, Lavina. How you doing? Yeah, g'day, mate. <clears throat> Haven't chatted with you since I sent you a couple of messages when the Eels were playing at the weekend. Once again, my heart was broken, Ricardo. It happens. It, it happens. It happens, mate. It happens. Well, you certainly weren't hap- uh, helped by uh, Ryan Madison deciding to uh, cop games missed instead of paying a $4,000 fine and Sean Lane breaking his jaw a week before the season starts. Certainly affected things <clears> in the back row, hasn't it? Yeah, I, I reckon we really miss Sean Lane. I thought at the end of last year, he was probably the inform forward for um, the Eels. Once he realised he could offload and not put the ball down. He was just a whole new player, and I, and they really missed that go forward. They missed that more than anything. And, you know, they had a, they had a few opportunities where they could have, you know, maybe won, won the game, but in the end they were outclassed. And they also, conditioning-wise, didn't look that fit to me in the last 15 minutes either. And there's no excuse for that for any team in the NRL at the start of the season. I mean, there's so much involved in their fitness regime pre-season that I really thought that the um, the Eels started to look like they they were labouring and, and struggling throughout that game against the Melbourne Storm. But bloody Cam Munster, how can mm. he goes off with that finger, right? So I'm like cut finger, bones protruding, whatever, whatever, comes back out on the pitch and just manages to carve it up. And I'm like, how do you get back on the pitch, buddy? He's not playing this weekend. He's decided to have the weekend off. But, you know, I don't think that they would have won it without him because he's, he's the orchestrator. He lets them know what's happening and, and where's it going. And, the Eels just looked in that little bit of disarray, you know, almost like they um, they lost faith in their ability as to what they could do. So I'm hoping it's not going to be a really long season for them. And it's early in the days. We know it's 26 rounds. But judging from what I saw from the Eels, um, without that go forward from those two players, Madison and also Lane, it was an area of concern to just try and get into that top eight. You know, they didn't look that great to me. Yeah, no, it's a worry. Uh, definitely, definitely say that it's a worry because, I mean, the, the other thing is, um, and I think you've kind of touched on it, but, I mean, Matt Dory and Bryce Cartwright and, and Jermaine Hopgood actually went better than I thought they would. But those guys, two of those guys are really bench forwards, right? I think Hopgood will probably start once everyone's back. But two of those guys are bench forwards, and that meant the bench looked pretty thin. Um, and we saw that when... Yeah, that's the problem. Beginning of the second mm-hmm. half when Harry Grant decided to start going from runs from... from from dummy half, how much yardage did he make there? And uh, that's when I think the Eels started to go backwards and, and look like they were out of puff. Yeah, that's that's when it happened, when Harry Grant in the second half decided that he would make some yards from dummy half. Initially, he started doing it just to call the Eels offside. And then he realised that they, they started looking a bit tired. And I agree. No, I've never been a massive fan of Cartwright. I know lots of people give him the big raps, um, and I know he's a bit of he can be a bit of a, a workhorse. But I see him as a very one-dimensional forward. He doesn't bring too much to the party where he keeps the opposition guessing. He's very predictable as a player, um, and that's something that the Eels, you know, would have utilised him more off the bench rather than as a starting forward. But they just ran out of puff in that last 15 minutes, and. Harry Grant found his feet and decided to push them all backwards 
as he always does. He's so bloody good at that and earned his money. He was quiet in the first half, though. Mm. I actually thought he was rather quiet in the first half, and I thought the Eels had done their homework just to make sure that he doesn't get as, as much ball when he um, makes those dummy half runs. But when he was doing that and just pushing it back, it was like a game of touch footy, actually. It was like a game of touch footy where they, you play the ball so quickly that the markers don't even really know what's going on. And, yeah, I could tell with 15 minutes to go that it wasn't going to go, go the Eels' way. It's a long season, buddy. There's it, players to come back, and, and they'll find their, find their feet as, as they try and do throughout the year. And we've got the captain, fantastic. We, we love Gutho. He'll always be there. He'll, he'll die for us, Ricardo. Don't worry about that. Well, I was going to say, on the, on the flip side of, of Harry Grant doing that is, uh, of course, Parramatta this year got Josh Hodgson. At hooker, and I like him. Yeah, well, see, I, I think I think he is a player that you know is not going to run from dummy half, so it's easier to defend against. No, and we didn't see any player. of that, you know. And, and I think that the, the yeah. Eels will really miss Reed Marnie this season. Look, when I found out last year that Marnie was leaving the Eels, I thought he's the sort of player that's irreplaceable. I mean, people talk about the spine, but the most important position in rugby league at the moment is definitely the hooker, and it never used to be. It used to be that six seven combination and that's always been my area of concern with the Warriors that they haven't got that not necessarily marquee number nine but someone that can spark that fire from the nine so I I think it is the most important position once Marnie was gone they had to replace him with someone I actually do like Hodgson I like I think he's a safe player what I like about his game that I that um, in comparison to some other um, hookers out there is his distribution and his passing is really, really impeccable. And we saw that from one of the tries that I think he set up in, in the first half by drawing the defenders. So he's not as sparky. I mean, he's getting on. He's 32, isn't he? I think he's not he's, as sparky he's, as some of these He'll be 34 other... halfway through the season. Holy mackerel, man. He'll, he'll be hanging up the boots soon, let me tell you. They don't last long at that age. Um, but he's a clever player. He is a clever player. And his distribution is very, very good. His passing is on song, and um, I think he'll work very well with Gutherson at some stage uh, as they, they start to get a bit of synergy as, as it goes on. So, I mean, I regretted seeing Marnie go, and I've, I thought to myself maybe he was getting a bit old and you won't get those dummy half runs, but he can pass a beautiful ball and he knows where the ball should go. So hopefully better things coming from Hodgson as the season progresses. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully so, because uh, Reed Marnie was probably the dog's best player. Uh, which which hurt even yeah. more, oh. you know. Uh, so there you yeah. go. Uh, what yeah, else stood out for better. you this weekend, gone, uh, Lavender, in terms of the NRL? Oh, well, I wasn't that impressed with the Warriors game, the actual game, not the Warriors performance. But I, I just thought the um, the actual game itself didn't didn't really light light things up for me too much. But what I really loved about the Warriors was that line defence that they had, which I hadn't seen from the Warriors in several several seasons. I mean, you could have put money on last year. Um, when you've got an attacking side within 20 and you're under the pump and you've got a penalty against you, then the try would be scored. But they really scrambled in defence and they played for each other. You get a feeling that there's a really good unity and a nice culture there at the moment, Um, whether or not that's come from Webster or just the fact that they're revelling in the fact that the Warriors can play at home now. You did get a feeling that they defended for each other and it wasn't just one out defence either. It had a bit of structure to it. The defence from the Warriors had structure, which they haven't had in the past either. So I was really pleased not just to get that um, eight-point win, but I was really, really pleased with the defensive look from them. And, you know, they're looking down the barrel of maybe winning two in a row, and I don't think they've done that since round four or five last year. I know throughout their whole 28-year season career, the only time they've won the first two games has happened three times, I think, Ricardo. So 
so it hasn't, you know, it's not something that the Warriors are used to. And, you know, they're taking on the Roosters and they've got a point to prove after being uh, humbled in the competition in more ways than one. Um, so the Warriors, I guess, have named the same side and if they put in that defensive performance, it'll work great. Sean Johnson's kicking game is magnificent. I just love that high ball, how it spirals. The camera operator can't even keep up with it. Um, and it's an element of his game that he will use and target. And he's a clever player. He'll target those wingers that under the high ball have got the old yips and yours, and he knows who they are. Um, and it timed impeccably, not just with the height, but with the players coming through on attack as well. Um, and Nickel Clockstead, I just think, it, you know, everyone was kind of losing their crap when Bruce Walsh was going to lead the Warriors. I wasn't too perturbed about it. I didn't see him as a long-term warrior um, or someone that the club would be proud of in, in several years to come. Um, and I really like Clockstead. I think he's got a great attitude. I loved him with the Raiders. I thought maybe being the journeyman that he would have played his best rugby league um, for the Raiders, but he slotted into that Warriors side very, very comfortably indeed. And they're, they're just playing really good at the moment one game in so you don't have to get too excited and it wasn't the prettiest game of rugby league but hey they're top of the table Ricardo they're top of the table uh, top of the table actually Ben Francis our producer tonight said uh, the other day we were talking about the Warriors and he said you know that uh, uh, tackle that Chance Nickel Clockstead made over the line to hold up the, the play said crazy if that, if that Carlin was, Ponga was yeah, it yeah if that was Reese Walsh would have been a six pointer yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he wouldn't have been strong enough to hold him up. That was great. Um, Ponga was there, like there and then. I just can't believe he didn't actually score that try. I just don't know how he didn't get the ball down. And I, I um, read today that Ponga was quite upset about being removed because the NRL have introduced some new rules. They introduce rules all the time. I'm like, God, it's all bull crap. Half the time I think, God, oh, they never get it right, never get it right. But I'm kind of liking the independent doctor thing. In the past, prior to this year, you could have your team doctor go, oh, no, Callan Ponga, you're fine. Don't worry, you've got a concussion. How old are you? 12. Yes, yeah, sweet, mate, go back on. You'll be, you'll be fine. Get out there. Um, but he was removed by the independent doctor. And as a result of that, they certainly looked under the pump. And they weren't the side um, without Kaylin Ponga. So I like that new rule by the NRL to introduce independent doctors in terms of head injuries to try and protect these players because they go back on. Like Kaylin Ponga could have gone back on and then just done some permanent damage to himself later on. So that, that gets the thumbs up. And I certainly don't know how he didn't score that try, but it was magnificent um, defence from a fullback. It was probably done up 50 times before. And so often we see fullbacks and wingers, Ricardo, when the try scorers come in, what they try and do is push them out or off the line. You see it all the time, and that results in a try. But I loved the fact that Clockstead instead decided just to get under the ball, just hold him up. You don't have to push him off the sideline. You don't have to push them back from the try line. Just get underneath it so they can't score. And he did it all on his own. It was a magnificent effort from him and, and backed up by another two um, line defensive efforts from the Warriors in a row as well. And I know they were playing against the side that, that was down on manpower and people can talk about the overlaps that could have been created by that. But it was the fact that their defence was so strong and they played for each other that gives me hope for the Warriors as they take on the Roosters. Yeah, well, and uh, the other thing that gives us hope is that uh, uh, no Matt Lodge, no uh, Jared Wairio Hargreaves this week. No Matt Lodge. Um, and there's <laughs> also some talk uh, that Joey Manu, while well, he's been named as, as facial fractures not fully healed, and that the cheese has got a play. Uh, the cheese has got a rib fracture apparently. Although they named him as well, so we'll have to see. They name everyone, don't they? Yeah. I mean, they've named everybody. That's what they do. And they've, I mean, Joey Manu will not play, I don't think. You won't see him for at least another couple of weeks. 
and they do need him. Um, Warrior Hargreaves is the one that gives them so much go forward and he's such an aggressive player and he'll try and outmuscle um, the Warriors. That's what he does. He gets so aggressive. So um, if he's not playing, then they're, you know, looking a little bit weaker up front. But, you know, they're, they're scorned at the moment. They don't like facing defeat to the Roosters at the start of the season. They're an ego driven team um, and they'll do their best to, to come back and I think it'll be a really, really good battle. I think it'll be quite close um, and I think it will be another defensive prowess game from the Warriors and if they defended like what they did the other night against the Knights then they're definitely with a really good chance to, to topple the second team again and, and go to the top of the table with two wins. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be uh, fantastic for the Warriors to start the season. I mean, what was the biggest surprise for you, Lavina? that the Dolphins upset the Roosters or, or that Matt Lodge is capable of having a head injury? <laughs> Goodbye, Matt Lodge. What a rat bag, hey? I was like, he gets the head injury every three metres. He doesn't even have to get tackled. I think he got the head injury at training, holding the bag. That was the biggest surprise for me. I cracked up at that. He's a perpetual head injury dude, uh, Matt Lodge, and any team that wants to buy him is wasting their money on him because he won't even play a third of the season. Um, in terms of Bloody Wayne Bennett and the Dolphins, uh, I was quite. I didn't think they'd win their first match because for me, when you look at them on paper, Ricardo, they're like a bunch of has-beens and journeymen. Mm. That's what they look like on paper, honestly. And everyone's talking about Wayne Bennett. Let me tell you, Wayne Bennett doesn't talk. It doesn't matter what he does. He doesn't talk, but he certainly gets the best out of his players. So they must respect him in a way that no one else does. And I think it's over the years, what he's done um, remarkably has been with a forward pack that has been under underwhelming. And he's managed to turn that forward pack into you know, a, a team that can just make so many yards and, and overpower the opposition. And I don't know how he does it, but he just gets the best out of his players. And it, it comes down to such a knack. And he's got some players at the moment that are lining up for him that will probably have their best game or best season of rugby league in their career so that they can, you know, keep keep the super coach, master coach, Yoda or whoever, God. Um, keep him happy. So, yeah, can you believe he's still going around? Oh, I mean, what is he, 98? Something like 99? that. 99? Yeah, easy. I mean, about he, that, I think, the, hey. What, the, the, uh, I think the Broncos came into the competition in 1988, and he was the head coach then, yeah. so that's 35 years ago. Uh, which, which yeah, how about says, that? Says something. Uh, how good was Felice Calfusi, though? Absolutely. That was, that well, was the best it. game that's of his in the I'm last few about. years, eh? But that's what I'm saying. That's what Wayne Bennett can do. He can bring the best out in these players, and you know, that's probably the best I've seen him play for half a decade in terms of, you know, a consistent performance and um, overpowering the opposition and just not giving up and being so determined. And there's this thing in rugby league, you can't train a heart. Like, you cannot do that in rugby league. The heart has to be there. But Wayne Bennett just has some way of turning that heart into something so powerful, Manawa Nui, and just making it so strong. And, and they have they show faith in each other and themselves and then, and then the confidence high. So... It was good having a new team in the competition, though. I mean, that doesn't happen a lot in our lifetime. So I enjoyed watching and watching them play and, you know, dish it out to the Roosters, bloody another bunch of silver tails. They'll probably go out and, you know, sell about 12 development properties somewhere and pay some of their extra players more money to win. That's how they roll, mate. That's, that's how they roll. That's, that's how, how they, they roll. roll. Isaiah, like Manly. Manly's the bloody same. Isaiah Katoa uh, was, the, was the other one that stood out, the number six um, for, who, who played at the World Cup for Tonga. Um, he had been, I think, at Penrith as a um, as a resi player, as a youth player as well coming through. And so, uh, you know, there's another bloke who was at the Dolphins that I think maybe doesn't get talked about enough, and that is Christian Wolfe because that surely is his call. 
Yeah, exactly. Without a doubt, especially since coaching the side overseas um, in Ponga. That was a, a very good call. I was a big fan of Christian Wolf getting the Warriors coaching role. Mm. I tipped him last year. I, I was hoping that he would have got it. Nothing, obviously, against Andrew Webster. I think he'll be great for the club and he's young and he, he comes, you know, with that backing of the attacking flair from the Penrith Panthers. But there's something about Wolf how he relates really well to his players, especially Ireland players as well. He has that great um, rapport with those Ireland players and can bring the best out in them. So, yeah, he would have he would have called that, that shot. And apparently Katoa has been training crazy in the off-season. Like, you hear these rumours from Juno's overseas, and they're just going to some of the off-season trainings, and they're like, that kid has just not stopped. Like, he wants to win every beat test. He wants to win every fitness test, and he, he wants to be regarded as, you know, Mr. Reliable. So he's got his chance, which is great, and he's already proven that, you know, he can have a big career in rugby league, which is exciting, and, and the Dolphins are here. So, yeah, just another element to the game, which is quite cool. It's a shame they're from Queensland, though, mate. Another bloody Queensland team. Well, yeah, I, I had a guy, uh, Daniel Duncanson, on the show on Sunday um, who had been a Cowboys fan, had moved to Brisbane years ago um, and sort of supported the Cowboys from afar. Uh, but when the Dolphins got the the nod, him and a couple of mates were sitting around having a beer and they thought, oh, let's start a Facebook page called uh, Dolphins Fans The Pod. Uh, obviously, part of mm-hmm. Dolphins, right? Mm-hmm. And he thought, you That's know, we, we might get three, four, maybe 500 people who follow the page and we can all meet up for beers before games, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, just before kickoff of their first ever game, 50,000 people. Oh, you're kidding. No. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I didn't think you'd say that number. Yeah, That's huge. incredible. And I asked Wow, I said, the hype's there, isn't it? Yeah, I said, well, you yeah. know, I, I would have thought if you like league and live in Brisbane, you're a Broncos fan. He said, no, man, there's a, a lot of people that really do not like the Broncos that live in Brisbane, which really surprised me. Oh, wow. Oh, that is interesting. Yeah, I don't like the Broncos. Can't stand them. Can't stand the smell of them, actually. Don't well, want to be around the Broncos. Yeah. But you know what, Ricardo? I've actually spoken to some Kiwi rugby league fans. Mm. Some mates I went to our workplace yesterday, and a guy that follows rugby league his whole life and supported the Warriors his whole life. And he goes, do you know what, Lavina? I'm a Dolphin fan now. I'm like, what? Just because they beat the Roosters? Come on now. What? And he goes, no, I decided to support a new team this year. I've had my heart broken so often from the Warriors. And I don't really want to support another team that I've never been affiliated with. I'm going to support the Dolphins from the start of the competition. And that's him. He's, he's a Dolphins fan through and through now. Wow. How about that? Yeah. Kiwi. There you go. Yeah. That, that is something different. I did like uh, Wayne Bennett being, you know, Wayne Bennett just does salty better than just about anybody else. And better the, than anyone. And yeah. in the press conference, uh, he managed to put in, oh, we had over 35,000 here for our first game at uh, Suncorp Stadium. I, mean, I remember back in 88, there was only just over 15 for the first uh, Broncos game. Um, so he, managed, <laughs> he even managed to slide that in there. So uh, round four, pencil yeah, it in. Round, round no, four at Suncorp is Dolphins-Broncos, and the Dolphins are the home team. So the Broncos are going to be in the away dressing room. That is going to be great in the oh, league Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, so the, um, the Broncos play the Cowboys this weekend. They're always close matches. Always like it when they play. Yeah. You know? So the Broncos I think got they're it. up against each other. Well, the Broncos did well to beat the Panthers, right? And then now they've got the Cowboys. And oh, then... we didn't expect that, Ricardo. We you and did. I have to be honest about that. We gave each other a little texty texty saying, yay, the Panthers can put 30 points on the Broncos. And then I remembered that they lost Curacao and Kikau. 
Yeah. So without those two players, they're obviously 15 points less aside. Well, they look better with Sonny Luke um, rather than Mitch Kenny at, at hooker, so I'm surprised that Luke's been yeah, on did. the bench again, mm-hmm. to be fair. I thought, I thought they'd start him. But, uh, yeah, that might change. Yeah, that we'll have change. to see. All right, Lavina. Hey, listen, good stuff, mate. Always good to have you on. I, I, I love the fact that I oh, got mate. you on to talk NRL and International Women's Day, and we... Just talking NRL. So, um, I love that, mate. That's all it. I'm here for. You know that. <laughs> Good stuff, Lavina. Go well, mate. Thanks, Ricardo. Enjoy the rest of the evening, See you, eh? darling. See you, mate. Uh, Lavina, good there with us.